This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about Prosecco. Yes, and this uh, episode was suggested by us during the champagne episode. That's right. And we almost forgot to do it, but then we remembered. Uh, You remember. I remembered because I was like, you know what? Let's see this through. Like, I genuinely have, have wondered... In the week since you and I recorded the champagne episode. I think it's been two weeks for our our listeners. Okay, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, I've genuinely wondered. But they're all still thinking about it. it, Yeah, they absolutely are. Uh, Like, is there such a thing as like a a high-end Prosecco? Is Prosecco made the same way as champagne? All of these burning questions. Yeah, I think we'll answer some of those questions. Does this mean like two weeks from now we're going to do a kava episode? No. And then we're going to do a sect episode? Uh, didn't we establish that kava is... Is kava generally made using the, the Charmat champenoise? No, the other one, the Charmat process, which we'll talk about a lot on this Whoa, episode. Whoa, I did not hear you use that word in our champagne episode. The champagne can't be made using the Charmat process. So, so why would I... Why Wait a would I minute. Even go so, there. So kava is made using this other method, so, and so okay. is prosecco. So, I think I think this is not true of all kava. So so okay. kava is a name for like a general. It, it is the generic name for sparkling Spanish wine, like Cremant prosecco in and French. champagne. Yes, exactly. Prosecco okay. and champagne are much more specific terms than Got that. It. Ah, okay. All right. Oh all my right. God, I'm I'm already there's so much learning happening. Okay, but before before we even get to prosecco, I need to talk to you about a weird McDonald's commercial that I heard this oh, morning. Okay, uh, please do. So I was listening to a podcast and I heard a McDonald's commercial. After Advertising their new like sharing friendship is sharing menu. So it's like okay. a two for one okay. type of thing. Okay. And the commercial went something like this. I, I'm not going to get the phrasing exactly right, but it was like two people talking two friends. And the first one said, I got to get in on some of your chicken McNuggets. And the other one replied, and I got to have some of your quarter pounder with cheese. Would you agree with me that one of these sentences makes perfect sense and the other one is fucking insane? Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. S- say them again. All right. I got to get in on some of your chicken McNuggets and I've got to have some of your quarter pounder with cheese. 
I'm not seeing the the problem if, here. If if you were getting a hamburger and I said, "Can I have some of your hamburger?" you would say, "No." What planet did you just arrive from? No, right? I, no, I have gone to t- like plenty of restaurants where I'm like, "Oh, I really want the burger, but I also want this thing." And so, like, my spouse and I will get those two things and we'll cut the burger in half and like share. How the would things. you How would you cut a burger in half at McDonald's? Did you bring a like a switchblade to have McDonald's? Have you ever given a friend a bite? <laughs> of your food just a bite just passed the burger and been like here have a bite yes i have but if if my friend like prospectively said and can i and like you know i can i have a couple of bites of that burger you're about to order i'd be like i need new friends really (laughs) oh my god oh my god i feel like i've been put on notice Wow. This is no, exactly wait, what I is, thought might was. I, this is fascinating. This, so, is, this is great because like I I, uh, I told Lori, wife of the show, Lori, about this commercial this morning. She completely agreed with me. And I said, I've got to talk about this with Molly. And she said, that's a dangerous game because <laughs> <laughs> you and Molly might have to break up after this. OK, so I, I'm fascinated by this. So yesterday, okay. uh, yesterday, we recorded a bonus episode for our, our paying subscribers. Yes. And in that bonus episode, we watched uh, Fast X, the mm-hmm. the. The tenth Fast and Furious movie. Yes, which which is now your favorite movie. Which, anyway, I was just baffled during the entire movie and during the taping of the episode by Matthew and Abby's like relationship to this movie by uh-huh. like what you are able to see in it. It's like like your brains work differently to process the information that is the movie. Okay, and I feel that we're having another moment like that now and talking about McDonald's quarter pounders with cheese like. Like we just see this fundamentally differently. I, I think, think we're so. are we going to have to break up? Do we have fundamental differences? Ir- irreconcilable differences? Oh, I was broken up with with fundamental differences. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize yeah. things were getting so real. No, that was that was in uh, ooh, that was like 1999. It was a grad student I was dating named Derek, the one who always brought his friend Tom on our dates. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Can't believe that didn't work out. I know, right? <laughs> it was because we had fundamental differences. Yeah. No, uh, listeners, co- like, get on the Reddit, everything spilled milk. Uh, reddit.com <laughs> and let's have a conversation about like this burger sharing thing it's not that I'm opposed to the very idea of sharing a burger it's the idea of someone saying I gotta get in on some of your burger okay. uh, uh, you know chicken nuggets are just divisible in a way that a sure. burger isn't no no I understand okay this. I great. understand this here's a question yeah if you and Lori went to McDonald's okay and, and you're standing there in line and you're like I'm going to get the quarter pounder with cheese. And Lori's like, I want chicken nuggets, but I got to get in on your quarter pounder with cheese. I would know that she that she was a pod person. Well, would you say that? I mean, do you think that that's a come on? Oh, like I got to get in on that. On, on your that. quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Now, now that you mention it, you're right. That that is what she's always called my junk. It's <laughs> Speaking of which, wait, Matthew, we can cut this part out. But no, no, no. There was one thing that I realized last night. I forgot to point out about Fast and Furious. <laughs> okay, no, okay. No, no. That's and, good. This is a sneak was, preview. It, like everyone's going to want to subscribe and get the bonus episode. After it was this. when the villain, whose name is Ames, not to be confused with yeah. my son, but like he, he was like a sub villain. Yeah. Okay. When Ames is like fighting some guys. Yeah. And says, I've got 
16 carats of uncut diamonds <gasps> right. in my jock strap. Right. And I was like, it, what? I was like literally processing that for like two full I'm minutes so afterward. I'm so glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I, was, I was equally confused. Okay, we're I back. I was like, okay, uncut. So is he saying he's uncircumcised? And he's telling this to guys he's like beating down? Like, What does the 16 refer to? Well, is it like. Well, are they large? They're large. Six, like two, eight carat, like his balls are the size of they're eight like, carat diamonds. Okay. And all right. And they're, so, oh, but they're uncut. Right, so, so before, they're like, before, are they like, we, before still we fight, I need, to, I need to let you know, like I, I have like very large, like enlarged, hardened testicles and I'm uncircumcised. Now we can fight. <laughs> And I'm wearing a jock so, strap. So yeah, maybe like I'm wearing a cup, like because that, the whole area is very sensitive. <laughs> I know. I really felt that way about it. I was like, yeah, that was wild. I truly felt like there was like sand in the gears of my brain as I was trying to move past that joke. Like, what is what does it mean? What am I I supposed to feel for this guy? Am I supposed to feel sympathy for him? Maybe. I almost feel like the actor was like, okay, so the main villain is like like a psychopath who says like wild things all the time. Like, give me give me just one thing to say that's going to confuse everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so I'm glad I think we recovered from the from the burger incident and now we're totally back on yeah, board. Yeah, we're, ba- we're friends <laughs> again. Friends. Okay, okay, great. Hey, so memory lane. I've, yeah. got, I've got no Prosecco memory lane. No, I just like kind of remember like everyone seemed to start drinking at around 2009 or so. And I wrote that before doing the research and it was remarkably correct. Now you're just showing off. I am. Okay. You know, let's just... I've, uh, I've got like up here, like in the whole brain area, I got like 16 uncut diamonds. <laughs> 16. <laughs> and they're just rattling around. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what does a diamond look like before it's cut? Does it just look like a testicle? I, yeah. I'm l- <laughs> smaller unless you're very lucky. Um, yeah. I think it just looks kind of like a like a lump, like a lumpy rock. Like a, but, like a geode, but inside is a diamond? Mm, no, I think it's more like... Uh, I don't know. Like I was gonna say, but like, what do I actually know? Hey, about if we diamonds? have any gemologists mm-hmm. in the the listener room, or even just gem enthusiasts, yeah. Hey, let us know what do uncut diamonds look like. Like, does this metaphor? <laughs> Why do we need to even ask the listeners work? this? <laughs> this isn't like an opinion. <laughs> well, no, but I, okay, great. I'm not gonna look it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Let's listeners, talk about- send, send us pictures of your uncut diamonds. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Prosecco finally, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Where does the word Prosecco come from? Is it like champagne? Is it is it uh, the name of a place? Yes. Did you know this? No. I had no idea until I started researching for this episode. I imagined that the name, like it's a really good name for a, for a fizzy wine. And so I imagined like it meant like, you know, like fresh wine or something. And it is, it is a place in like Northeastern Italy. Okay. Huh. Wow. All right. Uh, it's a tiny town in Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, near the border of Italy and Slovenia. I'd like to go on vacation there. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right? And the population is mostly Slovenian. And the, the name comes from the word prosec in Slovenian, which means path cut through the woods or cross section. Ah, path cut through the woods. I love that. Let's turn to Wikipedia. Great. Uh, which says, quote, the first known mention of the name Prosecco is attributed to the Englishman Fines Morrison, which is spelled F-Y-N-E-S-M-O-R-Y-S-O-N, which is a very good name, uh, who used the spelling Prosecco, P-R-O-S-E-C-H-O. Morrison, visiting the north of Italy in 1593, notes, Histria is divided into Forum Julie and Histria properly so-called. Here grows the wine Prusinum, now called Prosecco 
much celebrated by Pliny. Oh, Pliny, Pliny the, the Elder. Elder. Yep. So, uh, once again, who was Pliny the Elder? He just shows up all over the place. <laughs> so, was he a monk? I should have. I should have anticipated this. It sure sounds like a monk, right? But or he was, he was like a like a naturalist. Okay. Like in ancient Rome. And he seemed to know a lot about like grapes and yeast and grains and and, and fermentation. And, just, and plants in general, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We are completely going off the cuff about Pliny the Elder. We should do a, we should do a whole Pliny there. episode. We like, should. Remember when we said we were going to do an episode about Apicius? Well, yes, we still have listener Ken Albala like on, on the line. He's still waiting he's still, right he's now still on the line. Okay, for us great. to pick up and talk about Apicius. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, keep keep holding, caller. We'll we'll be with you at some time. Okay. Uh, all right. So, what is prosecco, and how is it different sh- from champagne? You may ask. Do what you- is prosecco, and how is it different <laughs> from champagne? <laughs> Great. Sounds like I'm holding you hostage. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, prosecco is a DOC sparkling wine. DOC is the Italian equivalent oh. of AOC that so we it- talked about. Last time. So it is a DOC. Okay. Oh, it's a DOC. Okay. Which is a, a denominazione di origine controllata. Okay. And there's also a premium version called Prosecco Superiore that's a DOCG wine. What's the G? Uh, Garantita. So oh, that's wow. that's like for like to recognize like premium wines. Is it you get your money back? <laughs> you get <laughs> if you that's don't right, like, like it. This sucked. I mean, you have to go to Italy and return the bottle. Okay. And then, okay. then you get then you get your bottle deposit back. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll talk about the uh, Prosecco Superiore in a minute. We're not going to drink any because I didn't know it existed until after I bought the wine for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So remember Méthode Champenoise? Like the key thing in Méthode Champenoise is they put some still wine in bottles and then they put in some yeast and sugar and cap the bottles so that it produces gas, carbon dioxide, in the bottles over a long period of time, like at least 18 months for champagne. Mm-hmm. Then they have to like dis gorge the yeast from the bottles and it's like a whole thing and it takes a long time and is very expensive yes that is not how prosecco is produced and that's why prosecco is generally not nearly as expensive as champagne okay so prosecco is produced using the charmant method okay and so instead of putting the wine and yeast and sugar into bottles they put it into a big steel tank this makes so much more sense yes and it's a it's a pressurized tank so it's it's sealed it does a secondary fermentation in there over the course of like one to two months. Yes. Would this be like a, a metal tank? Metal tank. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it does, so so the wine and the yeast and the sugar go into the tank. It's sealed. It does its fermentation in there. Yeah. And then there's no trick of like how to get the yeast out of this tiny bottle. It's just you filter it, filter the uh, the wine and yeast from the tank. And then you just bottle it. And you, do you have to do the dosage? You don't have to do the dosage. It's ready to roll. Okay. And so why would the main Method Champenoise continue as it does, just pure stubbornness, two, two inertia. Reasons. Partly, partly just because like it's uh, it allows them to say like we use a premium process, but it really does have a different result. And like one isn't better than the other; it's just like what style of wine you're trying to produce. But of course, the Charmant method is much cheaper. Okay, okay. And so specifically, the differences are you get a different quality of bubbles from the two processes. From the oh. Charmant method, you get bigger bubbles. Okay. Why this is. I don't really know. Oh, this uh, is. I, I'm curious to see what the what the like the bubbly yeah. foam of the prosecco looks like because I I can picture this that the sure. bubbles may be bigger and less of like a like a beautiful like fine right bubble. Yeah, so I think it's going to be different. And so like if you think about making bread, 
Like, Mm -hmm. close your eyes and think about Sylvia Loaf rising slowly over the course of, like, 18 hours or something. I'm thinking. Like, the longer, generally speaking, like, the longer the fermentation of bread, the more complex flavors develop. And the same is true of wine. So when you make champagne, you get a wine that is, like, further removed from, from the original grapes and has more, like, yeast character and more complex flavor development. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you use the Charmat process, you know, it only takes a month or so and you get a much, like, fruitier wine with less complexity. Ah, okay. This is really – this makes a lot I of sense. I thought this was pretty interesting, right? Why is it that the Charmat method takes so much less time? Mm. I mean, I guess that there, I I have no idea, but I'm sure that there's something like different they're doing in quantity or temperature or something like that. It's got to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the answer, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, so this was this was the t- part that totally blew my mind. So, okay, so Prosecco is made from different grapes for, than Champagne. That makes sense. It's in a, in a whole different region. And it is made from the Glera grape. Okay. This grape used to be called Prosecco, and that presented a serious problem for the Prosecco industry. Because so you've got you've got like a grape called Chardonnay, right? And it can be grown and it can be anywhere. grown anywhere, Australia, California, whatever. And if your grape is called Chardonnay and you grow it in in California, no one can stop you from calling your wine Chardonnay because that's what it was made with. Got it. But the you know the Italian wine industry was like, oh, Prosecco is starting to get popular. We want to make sure that if people are buying Prosecco, it comes from Italy. And if the grape is called Prosecco, we're fucked. And so when did they figure this out? 2009. Wait, that recently? Yes. Okay. So like Prosecco, as it is currently marketed, dates to 2009. That's so interesting. Um, And so they changed the name of the grape legally, and then they got a DOC for Prosecco so that if you put Prosecco on your bottle, it has to be grown in that region and made with the Glera grape. Okay. Wikipedia, I think, said the name Glera comes from the Slovenian word Glera, which refers to the amber color of the grapes. I couldn't really confirm this, but it makes a good story. Yeah. Okay. All right, wow, should, should I can't we, like, believe, I can't believe it's that recent. I mean, when you think about like the méthode champenoise and the the like the whole industry and tradition of making champagne versus the newness of yeah, I mean, so it's not name. that they just started selling prosecco. No, no, in but it's the, but yeah. that they started making it into a thing, right? In the big commercial sense. What's the, going on here? How do I get this plastic? cap off of this bottle Uh, you twist it so it's got little arrows on top you do it i'm scared of getting hurt (laughs) okay so this is a cheap prosecco you're opening yes this is the number one brand of prosecco in the world this is la marca i got a quarter bottle uh what what might we say this is akin to in terms of in terms of what well i don't know i was just trying to like because this is you see this everywhere i mean this brand is is huge oh like like Yellowtail, that was a thing yes, for a while, right? I feel like this would be like yellow. Tail. Cheers. Yeah, it's fine. God, I wish I hadn't brushed my teeth this mm-hmm. morning. I mean, okay, so yeah. I mean, compared, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, absolutely. Compared, like, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Like, compared to the champagne that we that we drank a couple weeks ago or last week, it's uh, it is noticeably sweeter and less complex. Yeah, I do it, think the bubbles seem a little different. Yeah, and it uh, there's something about the way it kind of like. It doesn't have the same sort of like uh, effervescence on mm-hmm. your tongue. And there's something about the flavor that is uh, flatter. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 simpler and fruitier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hate it, though. No, no, not at all. 
All right. So I was going to say, oh, uh, wife of the show, Lori, wanted me to mention um, that uh, years ago, someone uh, like a friend of a friend was talking, talking about um, like planning their their daughter's wedding and that they had uh, gone for Prosecco instead of champagne and used the phrase surprisingly affordable. And so now every time Lori hears the word Prosecco, she thinks <laughs> surprisingly affordable. <laughs> Yeah, so I think this this Labarca, I don't know, sells for like, you know, $14 or something for the for the full for size. For the full bottle, size. Right. Was this like 2.99 or Yeah, I think it was like $5 probably. Okay. Great. Um and uh, yeah, like I I certainly wouldn't turn this That's down. That's really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean if if I was, you know, going to go have a impromptu picnic in the park, this would not be a bad choice. Are you are you about to do that just like right now in the middle of the show? Yes. Okay. I'm leaving. I understand. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay. Well, I took... Took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard of movies such as The Lion King. Mm. Maybe you've heard of Gladiator, yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like the art of making Has people feel to things. This? To, to teach me? Yeah. Yeah, because, because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolengi, you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're they're. They're on masterclass. Yes. But private lessons. He from right. Odalengi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So Masterclass makes all of this possible. And you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilled milk fifteen. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilled milk fifteen. Masterclass.com slash spilled milk one five. 
Okay, tell me about the the guarantee on the DOC. Here. Okay, so this I got a little confused. So so the DOCG is like supposed to recognize like you know especially important premium wine uh, styles or areas in Italy, but it gets like you know Chianti Classico is is a DOCG and there's like lots of good wine and lots of mediocre wine under that classification. So I think it's probably a thing that's like highly political. Okay, and uh, so but there are a couple of two different Prosecco Superiore DOCG areas. They're they're, uh, made from grapes grown in a much smaller hilly area. It has to be harvested by hand. Like I said, I didn't get any. So like that's one variation on Prosecco. It's still made with the Charmat process that's required for Prosecco. A couple other variations there. As of just 2020, there's now Rosé Prosecco, which I saw at the store, Okay, which is made with a little bit of Pinot Noir, just like Rosé Champagne. You can find both sparkling, which is called Spumante, and lightly sparkling, Frizzante. Prosecco. And what is La Marca? Does it even say it's, anything? It doesn't. I don't think it says, but this is definitely Spumante. Okay. Like frizz, a Frizzante wine is like a Moscato Dasti. Yeah, that's. A, but I think of that as being truly quite sweet. Um, uh, not, but, not in, not no, in terms but, of the flavor, but, the but in terms of the, the fizziness. Okay, so it would be less fizzy. It, l- much less fizzy. Got yeah. it. Okay. Oh, so the most popular style of champagne we talked about is Brut, which is very dry. The most popular Prosecco is extra dry, which is a little sweeter than that. And that's okay. what we've got here. And that has to do probably with the grapes and the Charmat process. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said before that there wasn't a dosage, but I bet actually there is that they that they do add a little bit of sugar at the end. Of the of the secondary fermentation, I wonder what's going to happen. These wine episodes are so serious. They are so serious. so serious. I wonder what's going to happen if we get any of this wrong. Um, Do you like, think we're going to lose the show? I think they're going to take away our our guarantita. Oh no, <laughs> we're going to lose the show. I think we I think we lost the plot a, a long time ago. Okay. So how popular is this stuff? Like, I mean, is it possible to like compare it to champagne in terms of like worldwide sales or is that kind of impossible? So I know it's it's totally possible. I did not look up how much champagne is produced. So it's it's not possible to do right the second because I because I didn't do a good job of research. But I can oh, tell no, you that you Prosecco, Prosecco is the most popular sparkling wine. More Prosecco is produced than Cava and Champagne put together. Oh, wow. Um, okay. In okay. And uh, in 2008, when it was like, you know, it started to get popular worldwide in the mid 2000s. In 2008, 150 million bottles of Prosecco were produced. In 2022, that was 638 million bottles, including uh, 134 million exported to the U.S. Wow. I think England is the biggest importer. Okay. And this, yeah, this has been a, like one of the biggest marketing success stories in the world of food and drink in decades because Americans only started drinking it in the early 2000s it is now like one of the most popular wines in America and has remained popular year after year whereas like you know by the time we talked about hard seltzer it, its moment was already over and sales are plummeting oh I wondered what was going on with hard seltzer do you have a, a hard seltzer update to share um oh is I its saw, moment over and yeah, sales I are plummeting something, something like like uh, sales were down like 22 percent in 2022 something like that I have only had hard seltzer a couple times, like once during our episode and once like at a school picnic or something. <laughs> sure. And it kinda, all the kids love there's it. There's something about it that kind of like gives me like a little bit of a tummy ache. I don't, it's weird. Uh, it's I yeah. don't know what it is or if it's like psychosomatic or I, what. I've had it once or twice since our episode, but it's not something I ever like 
go out in search it of. It tastes weird. It tastes weird. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, should we like, do you want to dump this and try the other Prosecco? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Um, okay. So this is a bottle that I got at uh, European Vine Selections, my local wine store. Okay. Um, they carry several Proseccos. Uh, I don't think any of them were the Superiore. And they recommended this one, which is uh, Prosecco Mille, M-I-L-L-E. And this is a uh, Mille Simato, which is a vintage oh, Prosecco. Wow. So it's uh, vintage 2021. So. And, and how much did you pay for this? this? This was less than the La Marca. So this was like $13. Wow. So okay. and this is this is a wine store that specializes in in like bargains. Like okay. So we'll but we'll see. Okay. So this one, yeah, is extra dry, which and is it's, uh it's packaged like a champagne. For anyone who who like got mad because we didn't pop the champagne on the show. Well, we popped it now. You we popped it now. It? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so I don't even know, like, I'm curious whether I'll even be able to tell the difference. Okay, so already I'm seeing the bubbles are big, and there's kind of, like, not that many of them. Yeah. Like, like there's no threat here of the <laughs> bubbles, like, overflowing. Yeah, and I and I balk at that because I want my wine to be threatening. <laughs> this is drier than the other one. I mean, that's nice. I really like it, yeah. I think, I think. I mean, I, I, mean, I do wish it were a little fizzier. Mm-hmm. I wish it were a little fizzier. I, yep. I feel like there's, I think that's part of the flatness that I'm tasting in it is also like just the lack of bubbles. Right. I'm, yeah, this is, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I also want it to be fizzier. I assume that that is like intentional, that that's the style that they produce. But that is, it, it's really nice. Like if somebody brought this over, I mean, and admittedly, I don't feel like I have a great sense of, uh, is champagne or sparkling wine has to be pretty, pretty bad, pretty cheap for me oh, to be sure. like, oh, this isn't very tasty. I, I feel like it's been a long time since I've had like the really like cheap stuff like Corbell. Oh, I had Corbell actually last week because a friend who was with us at Ames's birth brought a bottle of Cor like a tiny little like quarter size bottle of Corbell to the hospital when she came to accompany us through his birth and we did not open it or drink it when he was born okay. and it has been sitting in our fridge for the last four months okay but you opened it and last so week. finally last week I was like hey babe you want some <laughs> shitty champagne okay how was it it was fine. Yeah, that, that would be my <laughs> guess. They would be like fine in the same way like a PBR is fine. It was absolutely fine. Right? I mean, was it like the Veuve? No. <laughs> you're the Veuve. <laughs> no, you're the Veuve. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you're a real Clicquot. <laughs> yeah. No, but anyway, it was fine. No, I think I think that's kind of where we are is like there. It, it's hard to find actually bad wine. Like you can find undistinguished wine easily. But oh, my friend Ben Smith, who I am not... Is, is good at finding bad wine. Ben Smith. So admittedly, this was years ago. This was like 15 years ago when Ben lived in Seattle. He's a wonderful cook. We would often like just go over to his house and at the drop of a hat and he would have some delicious meal prepared. Sounds like you're really about to dunk on but this guy. Inevitably, I am going to... I'm going to fucking dunk on Ben. Inevitably, <laughs> what he was serving for wine was literally Charles Shaw, like literally okay. two buck Chuck. And it was, I found it undrinkable. Yeah, I just, I like, I'm so not a wine person that like, I think, I think if you, if I didn't know it was two buck chuck, I'd be like, this is fine. No, I feel like one of those like big, heavy, really round and fruity, high alcohol reds, like that is just abhorrent to me. Yeah, I mean, that, that certainly isn't my, fa my favorite kind of wine either. Would you drink it? I mean, like, if it was like, if I was at someone's house and it was served to me, yeah. <laughs> 
like if I had it at home, it would like sit around on the counter okay. for a couple of days. This and then is I would fair. I mean, yeah. I would, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably drink it. Yeah. Too. Would, would you be, would you like, uh, when you went to Ben's house, would you like take your glass and like smash it against the wall and say like, I've had it with this plonk. I would. And yet he kept inviting us back. Or maybe it was just the weekend I mean, showing like, up. Honestly, like if, if I had a friend who was that entertaining, I would keep inviting them back too. <laughs> but okay. I don't. I don't have any entertaining friends. Uh, you know what? I, I just want to say that um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Matthew, but Ben asked me if I would like to do a 30-day journaling challenge with him. Oh, you did mention this. How's it, is I, it done? Today's day six. I haven't oh. <laughs> done it yet, but I actually did. I brought my journal with me because oh, I, okay. thought, I thought you might have to do a little cooking between episodes and I could do right. my journal. Yep. Anyway, so everybody find a friend who, you know, while maybe they serve Charles Shaw, they'll do a journaling challenge with you and they will they will be the ones who suggest it. Does he listen to the show? Uh, not anymore. Okay. Ben, thank God. Ben also like hasn't read any of my books. Okay. And Ben, he will try to conceal the fact. And then when I call him out on it, he's like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> So yeah. what so what does he bring to the friendship that offsets all of these things? Oh, Ben is really good at like taking me down a peg. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of his specialties. But no, also Ben, Ben and I can talk about like anything. Ben and okay. I can talk like explicitly about our sex lives. We can really talk about like struggles in marriage or relationships. Okay. We can talk about bread. We can uh we have had so much when fun. When you say together. talk explicitly, you mean use phrases like uh, uncut diamond 16 carats <laughs> of uncut that's diamonds. Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, ben and I have not gone to a nude beach together, That's which true. is something you and I have done. Mm -hmm. But Ben and I have done things We're like... Still, still waiting for even one listener to find this interesting. Uh, ben, <laughs> ben and I have... Let's see. Ben and I went to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, we also shared bath water a oh couple God, of times. Oh, we yeah. did. Jesus, we're disgusting. Mm -hmm. uh, no, anyway, Ben and I have had fun times. We've gone out <laughs> dancing in Memphis. Okay, I wouldn't do that probably. And... Um, all right, Ben, Ben, if you're listening, which which you're not because you don't listen to the show, you and I are going to have a, a friend showdown to see who's a better friend. Okay, great. I can't wait for this. I think I'm going to lose. Hey, do you want to do a, a journaling challenge, Matthew? Uh, no, I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, do you uh, have to like read the journals to each other? No, but he does. Like We do sometimes exchange <laughs> pictures of what we wrote okay. that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do it yesterday, though, because what I, what I wrote down was kind of embarrassing. Sure. I mean, I, do you want to share it now? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Prosecco is also used in cocktails. Good segue, huh? Oh, really good. Um, uh, so what a, a Bellini. Bellini. Like, I've, have you ever had this? I have had a Bellini. It's great. Really? Yeah. I tend to struggle with things that are peach flavored. But so it, I've it's never just, had. It has actual peach. How do you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is it You're kind right. of thick like a like a slushy? Yeah, it's kind of thick. Yeah. <laughs> T H I C C. T H I C C, like a word a word you would use in one of your explicit conversations. Um, this is June's favorite new joke. Whenever I say something is thick, June goes T H I C C or T H I C K. Okay. Aperol spritz, um, uh, prosecco, Aperol, and soda. I like it, but I would rather have a Campari and soda. Okay, uh, Scropino. Uh, okay. Which is a lemon sorbet um, blended with vodka and optional Prosecco. You know, I haven't had that. Sounds good. In the right company. Yeah. And just before uh, you came over, I was like, wait a minute. Is Prosecco a thing? Like frozen Prosecco? Of course it is. Of course it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Including I found there's like a there's like a fro like a pouch 
that you can like get froze or frosecco and you put it in the freezer but not all the way and then you kind of like like squish it so that uh, it's semi-frozen mm. i would try that mm-hmm. probably pretty good mm-hmm. all right Wow. Okay. Well, this was this was really interesting, and I'm glad that we did it. All right. I'm gonna put this put this in the fridge, and then we'll come back with segments. Great. I love wine with a screw cap. I mean, now that you told me that was a screw cap. Oh, the Lamarca. Yeah. You know, I just screwed the cap back on and put it in the fridge. That's awesome. great. So good. Okay. I'm really interested in this spilled mail today. It is from listener Jen. Listener Jen says, I've just binge watched the Makanai cooking for the Maiko house. Thanks for the recommendation, Matthew. The kitchen is my current favorite TV kitchen. The unselfconsciously cluttered and lived in aesthetic in the houses I've seen in this show and my other favorite show, Old Enough, makes me feel so happy and normal. My question is, what are your favorite kitchens from movies or TV? Do they look anything like your own kitchens? Love from Jen in Nelson, New Zealand. Okay, this is a great question, I Jen. This and like question. I had two that came to mind. Okay. Um, do you want me to go first with yeah, one of you mine? Go ahead. You go okay, ahead. so the first one that came to mind for me is uh, the kitchen on the show Blackish. Which is kind of the opposite of my home kitchen, like because you know they have like a big suburban house, and it's like a you know very nice big suburban house kitchen with an island, and uh, like you know a nice big white countertop, but like mm-hmm. the the I feel like the cupboards and fridge are like a kind of a different color scheme, mm-hmm. and you like see them you see them cooking sometimes, uh, which uh, which I always love seeing on a show like a kitchen that actually gets used, and it just like seems like a nice place to hang out, and like everyone on the show is very nice, and so. It seems like, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be cool to to hang out with them in their kitchen. I like that. I have an idea. Yeah. So this is kind of I feel like this is really at the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, So I'm thinking of um, so in the TV show Severance, the main character has a, a sister who plays a pretty big role in the storyline. And the sister is married to a man named Rickon, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. I can't remember the sister's name, but Rickon is really all you need to That's know. very good. Anyway, and they live in this like very, um, I want to say, I, admittedly, I haven't watched Severance in several months, but in my memory, this kitchen and this whole house are very like 1950s meets like Japanese aesthetic lots of what appears to be teak it's kind of dark it's very stylish but in a like old designy kind of way okay yeah and anyway there's a particular scene in which the main character this is maybe in the first or second episode the main character is over at his sister's house after a dinner party and the dinner party is like really weird and now his sister's feeding him a sandwich and he's sitting at the table and she is in another part of the kitchen and there's kind of like this I don't know, sort of island bookshelf thing that separates the two parts into almost like separate areas. But there's something so cozy about it, like all the original wood. And it's it's very dark in that scene, but it just feels like, oh my God, what a wonderful environment in which to have somebody make you like a late night sandwich. Yes. Yeah. And also very like aesthetically pleasing. Rickon. Rickon. God, um, he's, he is a brilliant just Brilliant like, uh, I mean, uh, isn't, he, isn't he also, doesn't he also appear on that show, Rick and Morty? <laughs> and my other one that came to mind was the, the kitchen in Seinfeld. 
Um, yes. Because that one is the one. So it's sort of the opposite of Blackish in that, like, nobody on the show is nice, but this one does remind me of my own kitchen uh-huh. um, because it feels like a real apartment kitchen. Yes. And, like, the, the apartment, like, Jerry's apartment on Seinfeld is like, it is a little bit too big and too clean to be a real New York City apartment that he could afford, uh, but not outrageously like on Friends. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, uh, you know, that is that is the one that I feel like, oh, yeah, like that seems like a real kitchen that has like, you know, where do you put the cereal boxes and that sort of thing. It's interesting because I'm finding as we talk about this that I don't I don't know if it's that the the TV shows that I'm watching like don't have a lot of kitchens in them. Uh, I mean, no, I didn't have like a ton of things come to mind for sure. But one thing that I am thinking of is that um, I have really fond feelings for a lot of kitchens that I've imagined based on novels. Oh, okay. So for some reason, what comes to mind is this novel called The Blackwater Light Ship by Colm Tobin, and it takes place okay. in this like coastal town in Ireland. I have no idea if the way that I imagine this kitchen is actually the way it's described in the book, but I have a very clear vision of this kitchen. This grandmother lives there. It's got this like breakfast nook in the corner and uh, like, you know, hand sewn like pads on the the breakfast nook sure. bench seating and it's got kind of just an old school like white enamel stove but old school in the european sense as opposed to the american sense yeah. so it's like on the smaller side it looks out on a kind of a meadow and then the ocean but not in like a fancy way, in like a we're going to grandma's house kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm realizing now that I think about it that I think about this kitchen far more than I even think about the book. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, when you said book, like kitchens in a book, the only thing that came to mind was, I believe in in the book Anne of Green Gables, mm. this, spoilers for Anne of Green Gables, okay. <laughs> uh, I believe Matthew dies in the kitchen. Hey. Uh, yes. Matthew dies, but I don't think Matthew dies in the kitchen. No? Okay. Oh. Was it Was it like at his desk? I don't think Matthew has a desk. Matthew works in the field. Hold on. We got to find I out where think, Matthew dies. I don't think he dies in the field. You don't think he died? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, Where you're right. Where does Matthew die? Let's find out. Because, yeah, Matthew Cuthbert dies at the end of the first book, yes. Anne of Green Gables. Okay. okay. Where does he die? In Anne of Green Gables, where does Matthew die? Okay. Anne sees him collapse at the threshold of Green Gables. Okay. So I was wrong. At the threshold of the, the house? I guess so. So I always I always imagine him like standing in the kitchen. I don't know why. Well, is- but I think I mean this this makes sense because again, it's like one of those things that books do. Like you probably have a certain idea in your mind of of where like when you walk in the door at Green Gables, like maybe it just opens into the yeah. kitchen. Also, like I the the house I lived in until I was from like age like, you know, 5 to 11 was green and I always imagined the house in the book which mm. I read it like at that time looking like my house. Did you read the other Anne books? Uh, Most of them, yeah. We are currently on uh, Anne's House of Dreams, which is the third book at our house. And wow, I feel like... (laughs) The number number one thing uh, that she wanted out of a dream house is like not not the one that my my sort of dad died in. (laughs) Yeah. 
I feel like the second book, Anne of Avonlea, we should do a whole episode on this. Okay, let's do it. Because I truly felt like this is a book where nothing happens in a bad way. Like, this is a book where the author was literally, like, scratching around (laughs) for something. Great. And you want me to, to, like, share in your torment. Also, hold on. And then, like, by the time Anne's House of Dreams starts, all of a sudden, Anne and Gilbert are getting married. And I'm like, where? Gilbert the dog. Yes. And I'm like, where is the like fun and hot courtship? Like, oh, yeah. If, like, if there's one thing go- those books are known for, it's being super horny. <laughs> no, it's literally they go straight from like hating each other to having one reconciliatory conversation yeah. or conciliatory conversation. And then all of a sudden they're engaged at the beginning of the next book. But you you wanted to like get a load I, of his I, uncut diamonds. I did. Well, I want to like I want to see their first kiss. Like, why can't we have a first kiss? No, that's that's fair. I mean, I, I, I don't, don't. I don't. I didn't need... realize that didn't happen. No, I don't even know if they've kissed yet. It's so. Could this could this have something to do with the fact that it takes place in Canada? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Okay. Wow, that was a really fun question. <laughs> Thank was. you, listener right. Jen. Yeah, and I bet I'm going to keep thinking of more. Yeah, uh, Matthew, what you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking, or I'll release the kraken. So what you snacking? Okay, so I think I just pretty much only talk about mass market chips on this on mm-hmm, this segment because mm-hmm. uh, I got a new chip flavor. It's the LeBron James endorsed Ruffles Flamin' Hot Cheddar Sour Cream, which of course I've been referring to as LeBron flavored chips. Flamin' Hot, so it's like cheddar with sour cream, but made flamin' hot. Yeah, and uh, they're real tasty. Do you have any? I do. You Can I one? have one? Yeah, yeah with my prosecco. Uh, you know, I'm not really snacking much of anything interesting right now, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I am snacking, but it's not very interesting. I don't really like trying new things, <laughs> whereas you do. So when I, I go do. to the store, I always get the same chips. I, the I same. mean, I mostly do, but like I will try like a stupid new product. Oh. I had the privilege recently. I was over at Molly's house and I got to raid Molly's snack cabinet. And as you might imagine, Molly maintains a premium snack cabinet. It's really abundant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There were like, you know, several kinds of, of chips. There were like uh, kettle barbecue chips were open. There was there was chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were there were turtle chips. There were there were Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. I was, there were like the best of dried fruits. The best of um, dried fruits. There was the, the 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 California slab apricot from Trader Joe's. Oh, I didn't even notice that, or I would have mm-hmm, gone for some. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what I'll else do we have? We have um, salt and pepper crinkle kettle chips. Mm-hmm. These are pretty good, right? These are pretty good. So and look, and look. If you look at the bag, it really looks like it says LeBron James flavored. It's true. <laughs> Hold on. One thing that always happens to me with sour cream and and cheddar chips. Mm-hmm. The first couple ones always make me want to gag because they taste too much like sour cream. Okay, no, and then I, I get used to it. I don't have a problem with the flavor of sour cream, only the texture and temperature. Oh, I have a problem with the flavor, mm, not mm, the mm. texture and temperature. Oh, I like these. You know, I think June would like these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of hope they stick around. Hmm. And so, mm-hmm. did LeBron invent this flavor? Or did I, he just endorse it? I like it? to imagine that they they called him. They like and and it was not easy to like get you know like a two minute phone call mm-hmm. with with King James, and they said uh, LeBron, this is this is like uh, Mr. Ruffles from the Ruffles Company. If you could have any chip flavor, what would it be? And he like just thinks for a second and says, cheddar sour cream, but make them flaming hot, and they do it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I gotta yeah, buy really these tasty, for June. Right? June's gonna love yes. this. Mm. All right, I also have a now, but wow, and I'll keep okay. it real quick. 
I think this is a book everybody knows, but I just read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Mm. Uh, Molly has read it also. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is this is an incredibly popular book. If you haven't read it yet, I bet you're going to enjoy it. And I read it on the bus on the way to and from Molly's house. Um, you cried. And uh, cried on the bus and got bus sick from reading on the bus. But not fully pukey. It's just no, you no, no, showed no. up at my house and you were like, I need Advil. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, hey, shout out to Dog Walker, the show, Diane. Yeah. Who uh, who got to meet Matthew when Matthew was over at my house last week. What a treat that eating must all have my been chips. for Diane. <laughs> Diane was pretty excited. Uh, listener Diane, I love your enthusiasm for our show. Oh, yeah. Also, it was great to meet you and, and the other dog that you had in tow. Yeah, Willie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of Gilbert's friends. Okay. Well, our producer is Abby Circratella. Sign up for Molly's newsletter. It's called I've Got a Feeling, and it's at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. Matthew makes music. Did you know? I do make music. Yeah, I'm working, I'm working on some new stuff. It won't be out that soon, but like... I mentioned that Robin cover I'm working on. That should be out sometime soon, if not already, by the time you hear this. And uh, I've got another little little project cooking along that I'll keep you posted on. Fantastic. Uh, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can hang out with uh, other Spilled Milk listeners at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com and really want to hear your opinions on this uh, can I get in on your burger thing. Yeah, I want to hear too. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We're nothing, nothing but a DOCG thing. Baby. <laughs> I'm Matthew Efster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Savinia takes a shot herself! Goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com.